calls to me, I will answer him. I will rescue him in honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty, says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. And with your spirit. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mystery. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. The Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us everlasting life. Amen. Grant Almighty God through the yearly observance of Holy Lent that we may grow in understanding the richness hidden in Christ and by worthy conduct pursue their effects through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils <clears throat> the breath of life. And so man became a living being. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed there the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made various trees grow that were delightful to look at and good for food. With the tree of life in the middle of the garden in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. The serpent asked the woman, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, 
you certainly will not die. No, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, <clears throat> your eyes will be open and you will be like gods who know what is good and what is evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes, and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord.
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death, and thus death came to all men inasmuch as all sinned. For up to the time of the law, sin was in the world, though sin is not accounted when there is no law. But death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who did not sin, after the pattern of the trespass of Adam, who is the type of the one who was to come. But the gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of the one, the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow for the many. And the gift is not like the result of the one who, was sin, who sinned. For after the one sin, there was the judgment that brought condemnation. But the gift, after many transgressions, brought acquittal. For if, by the transgression of the one, death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of justification come to reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ? In conclusion, just as the, through the one transgression, condemnation came upon all, so through one righteous act, acquittal and life came to all. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, 
If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And he said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you with their hands, and they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to test. Then the devil took him up to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to them, All these things I shall give you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and administered him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. Blessed is the kingdom of God. Adam became a human being. We are humans. There's something special about that. Different in some ways from animals, but in a very special way, very much. We are spiritual creatures. And today we must face a spiritual battle against Satan. Now there are those who believe that Satan does not exist. They're mistaken very much. You can ask those who are exorcists who deal with Satan on a daily level. I assure you it is very real. There are very few of us that ever become possessed, but many of us find ourselves at being tested where we open up the door and allow spiritual warfare to enter into us like a virus that begins to work away and to kill all of us and our systems and our, our whole lives. But we become oppressed and depressed. And we finally realize that it seems like life is hopeless. I've got good news for you. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, the gospel is here, it was there, it will be forever. The gospel is good news. Now how did all this seem to begin? In the readings today, we have the book of Genesis and we have the story about Adam and Eve. And they find themselves in the Garden of Eden. It's kind of like God's kingdom. It's like a paradise. It's a wonderful place where four major rivers come together and there's food to eat and all those things that are provided are there. They're certainly not unhappy. There's certainly plenty of food. And as Christians, we like to be happy. We're joyful, right? We like music. We like to dance. We're not afraid of a drink now and then. We're Christians, we're not Puritans. 
Adam and Eve find themselves there, and they have given one law, do not eat from the forbidden tree. Now, we don't know what that tree was. It certainly probably wasn't an apple tree because there aren't too many apple trees in the Middle East. It's probably something like an olive tree, and that probably is preferred because we know what we get from an olive tree. We get oil for anointing. We get oil for cooking. We get food. And if you were a successful person, not only would you have an olive tree in the middle of your garden, you might even have a fig tree if you're really lucky. So what happens? Satan comes along and he tempts, not Adam, he's a wimp, but his wife. What is she lacking? Satan tempts her to eat of that tree. He tells her, well, you know, uh, you don't have to worry about that. Open your eyes. Uh, there's more than that. Taste. It's going to taste really good. It's going to be great. You're not going to be sorry you did this. Meanwhile, Adam stands by and he doesn't say a word. He's not a man. He doesn't support his wife. He doesn't understand what it is. Yet he's a spiritual being. We know what happens. They eat of it, and they're in misery. Now, at the beginning, there was only one law. Don't eat from that tree of knowledge. So what happens during the period between that time and Moses, we have people who are governed by natural law. And when they die, they're dead until something else happens. We don't know where they went, some kind of a holding place. Then with Moses, Moses comes, he's given the Ten Commandments, we have laws. Those laws tell us what God wants us to do. They're kind of helping stepping stones to get to the right place because Jesus is coming. Who gives Moses that law? It is the Word, and the Word becomes flesh. Now we got, in the second reading, we have St. Paul speaking to the Romans. And if you want to read one of the, the uh, letters of St. Paul, this is probably a good place to begin because if you read it from beginning to end, you owe, you'll know a whole lot about our faith. And what's happening here is that St. Paul is telling us that our, these transgressions that have occurred that have brought us so much misery that there's a way out that sin and death entered with this sin, this original sin of Adam and Eve. Now what is that? What is that original sin? That original sin, we're starting to think about sin because this is the first Sunday of Advent and we're working our way towards the passion. And we're working our way to understanding that all meaning in our lives, all meaning throughout history, throughout the scriptures and all things come to a meaningful purpose through the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with his resurrection, all hope in those things unseen become part of us. So through the disobedience of one man, we see a new Adam. It is Christ who is obedient even unto death. 
And it is through our deaths that we return to God. When we are baptized, we die unto ourselves in the sense of a spiritual way that my eyes are open and I can be a God and I can be like the case of Casey versus uh, Planned Parenthood where I can make up my own rules. Nonsense. That leads to trouble, leads, leads to death. So with our baptisms, we die unto ourselves, but we're born anew. And we're born, we're struggling with that being born again and struggling with those sins and those things that keep us away from God. And we're working our way, hoping that we can get to heaven. It isn't a one-time thing like our evangelist uh, friends believe. Sure, we might be saved, but can we lose it? Yes, we can lose it. And that's what we're working on right now through this Lenten period. We're working on a way to get ourselves further ahead to improve those things in others and in ourselves. This Lenten journey is not a solo journey. It is a journey with all of us working together to share the love to each other. Love is concern for the other, otherness. It is not selfishness. There are many of us who believe in such selfishness that we can make up our own rules and if everybody doesn't like it or if you don't like it, too bad. Ridiculous. What is it going to take to get us there? Now we look at the Psalm 51. This is the one that David had to put together in a sense that he had transgressed. He had married many women and brought them in and they all started professing their own religions and he started allowing them to put up their own temples and it wasn't the same God that he worshipped, but he allowed it, just like Adam allowed it. He didn't stand up and say no. He was compromised. He couldn't build the temple. He was told he couldn't do it because he had sin on him. He killed a man unjustly, not in war, to take his wife for his own. But in many ways, he was obedient to God and he loved God. And unabashedly, he, he danced even naked in front of the tabernacle to show how much he loved God, that he was giving himself his all to his love. He was obedient, except that he had committed a very serious sin. In fact, he even brought his own condemnation on himself when he was given the story about someone who had taken a lamb and then killed the lamb's owner so he could take the lamb himself. But God overlooked this because he loved David, and David loved God, and there was a way out. This Psalm 51, in a sense, is his story about how this works and how he is asking for forgiveness. If you go to an Eastern Catholic church, for example, the Melkite church, before their people even come to church, the deacon is incensing the icons in the church and he is proclaiming this psalm to prepare to be ready for the divine worship. What is here in this? One, it's sort of like saying, Adam made me do it. It's Adam's fault, this original sin. Adam made me do it. Well, I don't think so. We have that inclination. We do it. We allow it. What are those things that Satan uses to get to us? What is he using against us to make one against the other, husband against wife, child against mother and father, 
What is it? Are we more concerned what others think about who we are? And if we all sin, it's okay? We'll make up our own rules? There's going to be a day of reckoning. And if you don't believe that, why are you here? Why are we here? Okay, so what does Satan use? Well, you know, some of us, we kind of like money. But there are other ways to get that money. So if we're looking at the temptations that's coming Jesus' way in the gospel today, we're beginning to see what some of those things might be. What is it, pleasure? Perhaps. What is it? Oh, I need honor. I want to be recognized for being the big cheese. I want to be the boss. I want everybody to kowtow to me because I'm more important than they are. And I look down on them. But what is the one that Satan really loves? The one that's so damaging in our political system today and one that most of our politicians share? Power. You want power. And we've got power, we got everything. We can get the money, don't worry about the money. So what is Satan offering? Offering Jesus here at this temptation. Now we got 40 days, he's out there. He's been driven, or as some of the translations say, that he has been deposited in the wilderness. That's a place where maybe a lot of evil things are and there isn't any food for sure and there isn't any water and there there's evil lurking out there, and it's a place away from the cities and the walls and the protection of others. You're on your own. There's nothing between us. And some of us see that wilderness as silence because we, we hate silence. We need noise because if we have silence, then we begin to understand. We look at ourselves honestly and say, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. But that's exactly what Satan wants you to think that you're in trouble and there's no forgiveness. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, I don't know if there's a trap door at the bottom of hell for some people that need to go there, as some people profess. But I tell you, God's mercy is great and it's infinite. But there's something that we've got to do. It's like the blind man who asks for God's help. He can't see God, he doesn't know exactly how he or why he deserves it, but he's asking. And then there's the Zacchaeus, the rich man, Zacchaeus means the innocent one in translation. He's the tax collector, the guy that's crying in the temple and can't worthy even approach the temple. But yet, God sees him and asks him to come. What is it going to take for us to come to God? All he's asking is for us to remember that he is here. When we come here to this holy altar and participate in mass, we're not coming here to show God that we're holy and righteous people. Now we're coming here to show him that we remember he's there. He's God, he's everywhere, he's part of our lives. He knows what we do, he sees what we do. He's asking us to find a way. Now what's gonna happen tomorrow if you're here at the daily mass, we're gonna talk about the Beatitudes. That's the spirit of the law. So okay, I've got the law, so now what do I do? And if you understand that, you'll begin to see that that's all about otherness. It turns the world upside down. Not to look at the world the way everyone does, but look at the world the way it is and should be in God's eyes. 
Does anything else really matter? I see these signs on the back of these trucks and it says, I win, I got more toys than you. Well, you know, and people drive around with all these, that's great. But what is the purpose of life? Is it, what is the ownership of life? I mean, we have a problem now. We don't believe in a lot of things. We don't believe in free speech, which means we're not going to have free religion. We can't practice it. Worshiping is different than believing other things and practicing it. What are we going to do? Well, it's time. It's time to take to heart our love for God and to realize that when everything is done, that our whole lives can be summed up very simply. I love God. I tried. Now, when we show up on the door of heaven, and St. Peter is standing there, he's not looking for you to carry a lot of baggage. In fact, he's asking you to get rid of that baggage of sin before you get there. He's asking you to give those gifts, those merits, so to speak, that you have gained, those merit badges for being good, and all those rosaries that you're doing, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. You show up, we show up. It is our prayer to show up neutral, right there with zero. We owe nobody, we've given everything, and God's gonna say, I know you, I put ashes on your forehead, I baptize you, I saw you there, I saw you sitting in that pew. Come to me, I love you. Are we prepared to say I love you, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit? Are we prepared to do that? Are we prepared really not to just go through a period of piety and study and action during this time of Lenten renewal? Isn't there more? Let's ask ourselves what it is that's lacking in our lives. What is, act, what is lacking in our piety? What is lacking in our study? But when we look at this, it's going to really be there's something more. There's something more that belongs to others that I can give. With our baptisms and our confirmations, we have become disciples and we are sent to bring the good news to others. This parish, this holy church, will continue even if one of you are sitting in that pew. I don't care, we don't care how many people leave because they don't agree with the magisterium of the church or what is being taught. If it is not the same things that have been taught consistently for 2,000 years in all of scripture, then it isn't right. We must follow the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must take it to heart. We must be completely willing to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. Amen. Amen.
I believe in one Lord Jesus, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life that has come. Amen. As we begin our Lenten journey, let us turn God for help in this season of grace. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that the Lord would look graciously upon his every need and continue to inspire him in holiness, let us pray to the Lord. For politicians and government leaders, may they provide them with wisdom for the sake of truth and the common good. Let us pray to the Lord. For people in need of basic necessities for life, and for all who struggle to survive in the midst of desperate circumstances, especially those who are put into bondage and slavery, let us pray to the Lord. Lord hear our and for the elect, as they begin the season of deepening their relationship with God before receiving the sacraments of initiation today, let us pray to the Lord. Lord hear our and for those who have gone before us in the light of faith, may they find their ultimate fulfillment and rest in God, let us pray to the Lord. Lord hear our and God, if you pray, we pray that you give us the strength through this Lenten season to strive more dearly to come closer to you. For this, let us pray to the Lord. And we pray for those who are in the hospitals, those who have had surgery, those who are about to have surgery, those who are sick, especially those who are in quarantine, and those who are overly frightened by these things. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we turn to you with humble hearts. We ask that you hear these prayers we have offered. In the name of Jesus, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. i 
give us the right disposition, O oh Lord, we pray, to make these offerings for with them we celebrate the beginning of this venerable and sacred time through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for by your gracious gift each year, you faithfully await the sacred Paschal Feasts with the joy of minds made pure, so that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity, and participating in the mysteries by which they have been reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without and we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncieli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in Excelsis, Benedictus, Squivenit in Domine Domini, Hosanna in Excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we pray, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit graciously make holy, these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving thanks, he says the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, 
He took the child and giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the child to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the child of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Mortem tuam annunciamus Domine, et tuam resurrectionem confitemur, donec venias. Wherefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognize the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with the Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect special with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, St. Thomas, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world, be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, Thomas, our bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children, scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, to all who were pleasing to you in their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours 
forever and ever. Amen. As the Savior's command and performed by divine teaching with the heart to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant us in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress. As we await the blessed home, in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will. Believe in the rain forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quit all is peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quit all is peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay. Vitalis peccata mundi, tananabis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. He will overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty, says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. He will, he will free you from the snare of the fowler, from the destructive plague. For you has he commanded his angels to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you upon their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. On the lion and the viper you will tread, and trample the young lion and the serpent. He will overshadow you with his pinions, and you will find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will encompass you with a shield. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The snare of the fowler will never cap 
nurture you and famine.